This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What did you think going in? I think it's if people are just tuning in, I'm sure it's, you're not just tuning in, but just know this. We do not know how's the majority in the House. We do not know how's the majority in the Senate. And we're about to break down four key races that will decide that in the Senate. And for the House, it seems to be trending Republicans' way. First off, on first blush, when you got off the air last night, what was your biggest surprise? Uh, the biggest surprise really was the dimension of the win in Florida. Uh, everybody thought Ron DeSantis would win. People thought, well, Rubio would be a lot weaker. But to really have a 20-point win, win Miami-Dade, uh, after uh, DeSantis was only a single point, sweep the congressional races. You know, I say there was the – it's the United States of Florida. They were their own country last night in terms of results because none of the other states really – demonstrated that kind of change. Rubio, huge win, too, as well. Mm -hmm. And when you break it down, uh, DeSantis won the Hispanic vote by 15, by 57 percent. He won the non-Cuban vote, I believe, by 5 percent. And he lost to uh, uh, Willer. I even forgot his name. Uh, The guy he lost to last time. Gilliam. uh, Gilliam, my, my bad. He lost him by 10 points on the Hispanic vote. That's how much things have changed in four years. Here's how happy he was. You know, over these past four years, we've seen major challenges for the people of our state, for the citizens of the United States, and above all, for the cause of freedom. We saw freedom in our very way of life in so many other jurisdictions in this country wither on the vine. Florida held the line. Those really good speeches. Three little kids come out after his wife is so poised as a network anchor. He knew exactly what he was going to say. It was a raucous crowd. And you looked at him as the ultimate winner last night. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because, look, he, he had not just words. Look, many, many politicians today and even even senators, you know, they have some words. They may or may not have had a bill or two. He had uh, record performance through a pandemic. Right. Right. That's the and and a hurricane. So those are the things that really pressure governors. And he came through that. And you see the complete breakdown of partisanship and break away from partisanship to to reaffirm his leadership. That really surprised me. That really said he's got to be waking up today and saying, hmm, this presidential run, I was thinking about it, but now I've got to do it. Although there was a report in Axios last week that he wasn't going to do it, and Ron, and Donald Trump came out yesterday and said there's a lot of things about Ron's background. It wouldn't be good for him to come out and run for president. And here's what he said, Donald, the president said, the former president said last night, cut 28. The minute I made that endorsement, he got it. Then he ran, and he wasn't supposed to be able to win. I did two rallies. We had 52,000 people each one. I thought that he could have been more gracious, but that's up to him. Talking about how when he won to go from congressman to get the nomination and then ultimately win, he won by one point, that he could have been more gracious. So there seems to be somewhat friction between the two. You've seen that before. Uh, what do you, how do you think this plays out? Well, of course there's friction. They're, they're rivals for the mantle of leadership. I think that, uh, that last night 
The Republican Party didn't have national leadership. Uh, I think that in many of the races that turned out weaker than expected, Trump primary candidates came through. And while while people will say Vance won or J.D. Or Vance won Trump, and he was nom- and he was obviously yeah, but a that, big pick for Trump. But, but you know that was an eight point uh, Trump state and Vance won by six and then Bud won. But again, Ted Bud is North Carolina, right? And and those were uh, more Republican leaning states. But in the fifty fifty states. You know, having Walker and and having Oz as the candidates, that pretty much jeopardized those two seats. And you know, Pennsylvania's a loss. And and we'll see what happens with uh, with Georgia. And Senator, so, uh, it looks like Fetterman won that seat. Yes, I mean, there's no question about that. And he did win this. Yeah. And so so you you look at that and you say, well, okay, McCormick probably would have been able to put up a better race. This was a good night for moderates. You know, moderate Democrats did well. The Spamberger. Uh, race. Abigail Spamberg in Virginia. Josh Gottheimer in New Jersey 5. Uh, Henry Cuellar in Texas. I mean, you know, this the, really the electorate right now has to choose between a Republican Party they don't like and a Democratic Party they don't like. And so they're really looking for new leadership here. So and, Gottheimer is somebody that would break from the party once in a while. Not enough. Uh, but and Kenny Cuellar did when it comes to the border. I'm a big fan of his. And, and that's uh, that to me is the old days. Where you used to go center left, center right, and then you debate out the issues. Now I feel as though your job is to leave the border wide open or build a wall and get control over it. I thought that was so obvious. When it comes to inflation, should we should we do everything we can to be energy independent? I thought that would be obvious from the 70s. I remember in eighth grade hearing about if America could be energy independent, well, finally away from OPEC in the Middle East. We did it, and we gave it all back and then blamed them. So some of these things are really uh, mind-boggling. But if you look at President Trump's pick of Mastriano, that might have been the most detrimental. Evidently, and you're the expert on this, it's very it's, – you've got to get somebody to break away from their party to vote for you. So Kemp is going straight on party lines. People voted for Warnock or not at all. Then you're asking people to break from Mastriano, the Republican nominee for governor, and find Oz on the ballot. How hard is that? Uh, exactly. And then Trump also raised a couple hundred million dollars that might otherwise have been raised for these candidacies and then didn't spend it. So, right. so look, I think that uh, that there's going to be a big clash here. Uh, maybe, you know, Tim Scott had a good night, too. Uh, Mike Pompeo certainly been looking at it. But I think there's going to be a Republican primary. There's not going to be just Donald Trump. You're, you're the nominee. And, and I think it's going to be a big fight. You know, I always say that, uh, that that right now we've been in a kind of what I call a, a Nixon-Carter-Reagan uh, cycle, which is <clears throat> Nixon was unacceptable <laughs> to to the elites in the country and then was removed no matter how many votes he, he could get. Uh, Carter was the accidental president who was, was elected in response to Nixon, who otherwise wouldn't have been elected. And then the question is, who who is the Reagan? doesn't have to be a Republican. But who is the person that is really going to lead the country and break the gridlock? Okay, Neither Trump nor Biden can do that. The country knows that. Maybe DeSantis is probably a big pick. Maybe there's a Democrat that will emerge you know, on the Democratic side. But, but today, Joe Biden is probably figuring, I'm going to be the Democratic nominee. I'm going to run again. Let's assume for a second that people weren't all over our coverage last night and are just saying what happened. So for the most part, the House is still up in the air. you got 200 seats for Republicans, uh, about 100 and. 80-plus for Democrats, but why can't we give this to Republicans yet? they got to get to 218, correct? Well, you got to you got to count the votes. 
look, experts who've poured through it think that the Republicans are somewhere between 220 and 225. So it's a it's a thin majority for the Republicans. And New York could have delivered it, by the way. New York, <laughs> five seats in, in in Long Island and one in Hudson County. Oh, right. It's five seats with a very fractious kind of Republican caucus. So it'll be it'll be hard for for them to govern. And I think that the Biden administration will take away, well, you know, our message is not so bad. So I think everybody's going to dig in here for two years and look to the presidential rather than what happened after 94 when I worked with President Clinton, in which there was a kind of an era of reconciliation and progress. Because uh, I, there was a, a big, there was a decisive moment, a shellacking under well, Obama got, 40 seats lost under Trump, and then Clinton lost big time when you were there in 94, right? Yeah, he lost big time. He said, well, look, you know, I'm going to take a whole different direction with my administration. I'm now going to, going to make compromises. I'm going to do things the American people want to get done. And he worked with the Republican leadership. So, so let's look at the four seats that are left. Uh, Laxalt's got about a three-point lead right now over the sitting senator in Nevada. Is there any indication or is there a county out there that will change that race? I don't see it. I think I think he's that looks pretty good for him. I think that's likely to go our here. Uh, out of nowhere, Senator Kelly, we thought this was a one or two point race, but has been up by about three or four on Masters. We also know that Carrie Lake is about a half a point back now uh, in in uh, in Arizona. So unless if that flip that seat flips, the Republicans basically have the house, uh, have the Senate. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But no, we're still no. counting in Arizona. It's still a mess. Well, that's right. But it looks like the governorship, if you assume that the remaining votes out there are more Republican as they seem to be, that, that right now you'd say Lake has a, has a reasonable chance, but that the Senate seat's going to go Democratic. All right. So we go one and one. Now we're 49, 49. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, one point lead over Mandela Barnes. It's going up slightly as we went to bed. You went to bed last night. So he says he expects to win, but he couldn't declare to win. Do you see anything out there that would stop Johnson from walking away? Anything in Madison, a very liberal area? Again, they they basically counted almost all the votes, so so I think Johnson's likely to hold on there. So that would be uh, that would be fifty forty nine. We'll wait to see what happens on Arizona, and then we could end up fifty fifty. Then it comes down to Georgia. So what happens is. Warnock has and a slight— Alaska in there, too, but there are two R's, so you Two R's, Alaska. yeah, and it looks like McCaskey's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but this is to more of a conservative candidate who Donald Trump won, and so if you're looking for it, who won it. So if you look at this race, I'm just going to tell you conventional wisdom, then we'll get the Mark Penn wisdom. They say if you take the libertarian out, but it's with 1.2 uh, percent of the vote, and then if you look at the fact that Joe Biden becomes, if it's the power in the Senate, Joe Biden becomes more of a factor in Georgia. He's remarkably unpopular in Georgia. That helps Walker. Your thoughts? Well, again, this race is going to play itself out as the as, as uh, really Warnock and Walker are surrogates for Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And that was a race that was razor thin. Right. Ultimately, for so so this is going to be I couldn't tell you who's going to win that runoff. I think uh, I think <clears throat> Herschel <clears throat> has maybe a scintilla of advantage. But, boy, that was going to be a real race. They're going to they're going to have to go debate. They're going to go at each other. They're going to raise maybe a hundred, two hundred million dollars. And, and they're going to go at it. I have three and a half weeks to work this out. And I'll, I'll be Mark Penn for a second. I don't pull in President Trump because President Trump knows he went after, asked Purdue to run against Kemp and got, Kemp got crushed. 
excuse me, Purdue got crushed. And then Kemp has a substantial victory outside DeSantis, the biggest winner. He goes back against Stacey Abrams. I don't care what you think of her. She's extremely talented. And she has a lot of fame. And he crushed her. On, in my, my view, pure performance of Woody, how he acted as governor over four years. So if Kemp comes forward to help Walker and DeSantis comes forward to help Walker and Trump steps back, that to me could give Walker more of a leg up. Your thought? Well, you're assuming <clears throat> you're assuming a rational Republican Party, right? And so Trump right now is going to be I can't be left out. I have to reestablish myself as the leader in the primary. So in theory, if what you're saying happened, that would obviously help Walker, you know, if, if he could get the two so successful I do have a governors. Plan. You have you have a good plan. But can you get the people with the egos involved to execute that plan? So far, that hasn't been the case. And Walker, you know, again, you look at this. The, the I, I believe that the suburbs, you know, the Trump turned off the suburbs while while if you look at Yunkin in Virginia or DeSantis was able to bin, win both the suburbs and kind of even the Latino vote. And so Walker has to make that kind of pivot, which he, he can't do with the baggage of Trump and and maybe with his own baggage. But but you know it's gonna be a close race. It's it's a it's it's gonna be all out. The it has not been decided. It it genuinely you know, the candidates are going to have to, on their own, win or lose. Mark Penn's going to stick around for a few more minutes. Also, by the way, Walker, I think, only had 8% of the black vote, which is amazing because he grew up in, the, in a black community, dirt poor, worked his way up. Uh, and I thought that would be somebody they could relate to the black community, but they just do not want currently any part of his candidacy. Uh, but he'll be joining us at some point, maybe today or tomorrow. Hey, listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show one day after Election Day. And no, we don't have the winners yet, but we'll continue to report as it all unfolds. Don't move. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I can't tell you if the Republicans ultimately are going to win the the Senate. They might. I can't tell you if they're likely to win uh, the House. It sure looks like they they could. Uh, But what I can tell you is the biggest loser tonight is Donald Trump. Uh, His candidates, his hand-picked candidates, lost in states Republicans thought they could win. In New Hampshire with Baldick. In Pennsylvania with Mastriano. Uh, The fact that you have uh, his hand-picked candidates for Senate in Pennsylvania, uh, Oz in Georgia, Herschel Walker, you know, both, you know, struggling. Uh, you know, they, again, we, we don't know what the results are there, but these were states Republicans thought they were going to be able to flip. And that was Jonathan Carl, who wrote a hit book, uh, not a hit book, but a negative book on Trump. That's how he saw Trump still talks to him all the time. I'm really confused on why, to be honest. But he goes and says Trump is the big loser. Mark Penn, our guest here, who's all over the coverage for Fox, chairman of the Harris Poll, chief executive of Stagwell, Inc., for a longtime poster for the Clintons. Mark, was he, is he right, Jonathan Carl? Well, you know, I've always been fair to Trump. When, I, when he's right, he call it right. When he's wrong, I call him wrong. In this case, I do think Carl is right. I do think this was a disastrous night for Trump. I think that he pushed a number of 
more extreme, unpopular candidates through the Republican primaries that would be his people. And that's primarily in those states where you needed candidates with a, with an edge, right, because they were really super close states. Like it didn't didn't matter so much in you know it didn't so matter so much in in Ohio or North Carolina, but where it mattered here, it, it it really hurt the Republican Party, and so you look at this and you say, well, there's a loser in the Republican Party, Donald Trump, and what he did in the primaries, and he also collected a couple hundred million dollars that he didn't give out in the in the primaries to support his candidates, and there's a winner, Ron DeSantis, who you know uh, who took Florida with him. And is the big exception to the to the trends that you see out there, and so look from uh, uh, having been through so many uh, presidential primaries on the Democratic side, I'm just going to sit back here, you know, and get the popcorn because uh, there is going to be you know a big fight here, and those fights often you know are good for parties. Right? I mean, Ford Reagan. Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're good for parties because the winner. You know, oftentimes then solidifies support, gets ready for the general election and energizes the voters. Of course, you know, Trump will always want to take his marbles and go home uh, if he loses. And I, I but I do think if somebody slays Trump in the primary, they are going to be in a really incredibly strong position in the general. The one thing I do know is that this public does not want right. a repeat of of Donald Trump against Joe Biden. Nobody does. Uh, only 30% of the people in exit poll, Democrats, want Joe Biden to run again. Donald Trump put this out on Truth Social. 174 wins, nine losses, a great evening. And the fake news media, together with their partner in crime, the Democrats, are doing everything possible to play it down. Amazing job by some really fantastic candidates. Well, you know, interesting spin. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see it that way. A lot of them were just uncontested seats. Uh, but the, the Dr. Oz thing is, to me... That's the biggest stunner. The bulldog wasn't close. The master seems to be struggling. Uh, that does not look good for the president, foreign president. No, and, and to go back to if it's Trump against Biden, 60% say they want an independent centrist. That's the true mood wow. of this country. Mark Penn, thanks so much. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.